Hey there, sweet peas. It's me, your host, James Avramenko, back once again with a brand new, very special episode of Friendless, the only show that tries to teach you how to be a better friend by losing every friend you have. This week, I'm continuing the tradition that I started last year of not having a guest on for my birthday week and instead having a little state of the union, a little check-in, a little, hey, how's your father? And by that, I mean, hey, how's Jimmy? So, um, no guest, but you get to listen to me just pontificate endlessly uh, about stuff. <laughs> this isn't very well planned out, but I have made notes for myself. I, I had this idea of like, I was going to write this long essay about some things that have been on my mind and a little bit of a retrospective of my year, but I wrote like five or six drafts of it. And every time I would inevitably just spin out and talk about something totally different. So instead I've scrapped all of that and I've decided to just sort of turn the mic on and vibe and see what comes out. So stick around for that because it's literally what you're listening to right now. <laughs> Why don't we just kill this music right here? There we go. That's a lot better. Okay. So where do we start? Well, it is my birthday on the 24th. I'm turning 35 and uh, I've been doing a lot of reflection on my last year. Um, it's been a, it's, <laughs> it's been a hell of a year, y'all. <laughs> It's sort of crazy to think that, you know, this time last year I was living in Saskatoon, I was married, um, and I was hanging out with this group of friends that at the time I thought I would probably be in touch with for, you know, the rest of my life. And, you know, I've been listening back to old episodes from that time and it's um, it's really, uh, it's kind of shocking because in so many ways I don't, I don't know him. I don't know that guy. I don't know um, what he was trying to pretend to be because I listened back and I remember what it would actually felt like. And what that felt like was one of the deepest depressions I'd ever been in. Um, I was scared all the time. I was lonely. I was having panic attacks. I was hyperventilating um, on a really regular basis. Uh, I would just have these meltdowns. Um, but I was presenting to the public that, you know, everything was good and I was so in love and everything was so happy and secure and, um, it was anything but that we, um, were preparing for this move. It was supposed to be a move for the both of us to Vancouver and, um, I was terrified. I, I, I didn't know what I was going to do. We were picking up stakes yet again. Um, and, and I was losing my mind um and i didn't think there was going to be uh any solution in sight I, uh, we were, i was fighting with my ex-wife all the time but it was this really weird insidious thing where you know we would be in public and everything would be pretending to be good um but then we'd get in a car and just immediately start fighting and um and it was awful it was awful and um part of me thought well maybe the move will fix it maybe that'll that'll be what what clicks us out of this rut um and instead i was asked for a divorce um so yeah that sort of um put a put a put a threw a wrench into the into the plans if you will <laughs> um you know it's a really weird thing to talk about because um you know i've been through 
so much therapy quite honestly therapy has saved my life um and looking back on it now it's not it's not as acute as it was it's not as sharp as it used to be but it's still really heavy and um i'm trying to find the right words to describe it uh because in a certain way it's almost like i want it to hurt more or i want it to feel sharper but it doesn't um it's now just sort of becoming a, a a story that happened to me and that feels really strange in a lot of ways because put really simply i was abandoned and um that's a really really hard thing to come to terms with because out of that um i lost my entire life um not only did i lose uh, you know, a, a partner who I thought I would be with for my, my life, but I lost friends and I lost whole social networks and I whole groups of people who I thought were my support systems, who I thought I could go to, they were gone overnight. And, and I was finding out that they were being told, you know, all these stories about me and they were being, they were being sort of spun against me and they were being sort of weaponized against me. Um, and, and that was really, really scary it was really frightening to to feel like i woke up one day and had no idea who it was i had been married to um and no idea who it was who i had had in my life i've since learned a lot about um you know malignant narcissism and narcissistic abuse and and you know while it's not necessarily fair to diagnose someone else with these kinds of things i recognize the patterns of behavior and the patterns of abuse that i was going through um through this learning process and um and i took a lot of comfort in that i continue to take a lot of comfort in that that it wasn't um it wasn't just me going through this is a very common thing to happen um but it's still scary and it's still really hurtful and and i think in certain ways it's even more hurtful to have lost the friends that i did than the partner that I did. Um, because, you know, what hell would it be to be stuck with someone who you don't love for the rest of your life? But with friends, you know, so many of these people would say things like, well, we're friends with both of you and we and we want to stay friends with, with, with both of you. And I just don't think people realize quite how hurtful a statement like that is. Because, you know, when you have been abused and you come to someone for support and they tell you that they're going to stay in connection with your abuser. That person is no longer your, your friend. They are not being a friend. They are not being a support to you. So they don't get to stay friends with both of you. They have now decided to be friends with your abuser. And, um, and I said that to several people and, uh, they didn't like that very much. And, um, that's okay. That's, that's fine. They, these aren't bad people. These are just people who made choices. And um, they are no longer in my life because of those choices. Uh, but I do still, I really do mourn those connections. And I really do mourn the life that I thought I had um, that no longer exists. But that's okay. Because listen, I'm here now. I moved to Vancouver. I had this ridiculous drive through the mountains in my U-Haul. Um, and, and I have spent this year healing and growing and and bettering myself and it has been deeply deeply painful but it's also been the most important work i've ever done 
in in any capacity. I had to literally change my entire life, and it made me made me really realize that um, no one is coming to your rescue. <laughs> you know, there is no one who's going to show up and save you. You have to save yourself. And, you know, I I hate that, if I'm being honest. I hate that. I hate that so much. I wish, I wish we lived in a world where we were more supportive of each other and where we were more observant of each other's pains and needs and, and we had the capacity to give more to each other, but we just we just aren't there right now. So you you really gonna have to save yourself. And um I yeah, I, I hate saying that, but I I have worked on being my own life raft this year and um and I guess I'm trying to say that it is possible because, you know, I'm still alive to to tell you about that. Because everybody is going through something. And uh, God, I'm getting really heavy. Sorry, sorry. I, it's just, you know, I know I'm not alone in going through hard times, um, nor am I innocent of creating pain. Um, but you can get out of it and you can. Fuck, I'm turning into this fucking after school special shit. But, you know, it can happen. And what it's going to take is it takes time and it takes love. You know, when I was first asked for the divorce, um, I, I thought I was dead. It literally, it hit me so hard, I literally thought I was dying in that moment. And for so long, for so many weeks and months afterwards, in therapy, I would just, I would just, I was so fixated on just like, I just want to die. And I, how the fuck, how the fuck am I ever going to trust again after finding out everything that had happened? How am I ever going to, to love again after finding out everything that had happened? You know, eight years just down the toilet on, on these like lies and affairs and 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 abuse and and how could I ever how could I ever trust anyone again? And my therapist always said, you know, just it just takes time. It's 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 going to take time to let it settle and then to um, find the next people who are worth your time. And the other element to that is love. You know, love. It, it, love doesn't just happen and um and it doesn't stay static you know it, it it it's you choose to love and not only that you 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 work for love you you show up for it you remain curious and you and you you choose it every day and every morning and 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 we didn't you know that relationship we we didn't and um and i choose that now first for myself and then for the people who are now in my life. And look, like, I've failed way more often than I've succeeded at this. I've fucked up deeply. I mean, I'm fucking divorced, you know? <laughs> but also, like, I've fucked up with friends. I've fucked up with people that I've dated in the, in the interim. You know, I, I, I have completely fallen on my place, face more often than not. But, but it's gotten me to a place where it feels closer than it ever has before and I feel better about the process and I feel proud of the man that I've become and and the man that I am becoming and pride pride is a word that has been coming up a lot in my life recently this isn't really something I've ever talked much about at all on the show but you know I, I I'm a queer man um I 
uh, you know, I guess the easy term for it is somewhere close to like bisexual or pansexual or something in that range. But um, for a long time, it, 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 you know, I was with one person for eight years. So and I, and I thought it was a monogamous relationship. So I sort of put that part of me in in storage almost you know i mean i hate using a term in the closet but you know like i i it just it felt like it wasn't a part of my identity because my identity was being in that relationship but obviously you know with that relationship ending um it's allowed me the space to to sort of re-explore myself and and rediscover who who i've put away and who i always wanted to be and who i want to become next and i've realized that I wasn't proud of who I was. And um, these these last few weeks especially, but these last couple months, you know, I've been meeting these new people who have been validating my whole identity and my whole being and not just this one fragment of me. And um, they've really been allowing me the space to to understand the entire spectrum of my experience and and, and of who I am. And I, I, I can't thank them enough for that. You know, titles titles are funny. You know, I, I've landed on queer because it feels like the most sort of uh, encompassing term of, of, of how I feel and, and how I present myself to the world. But, you know, it's really interesting because some people uh, I, I've met are, are very, very um, not box centric, but they're very adamant about labeling and they're very adamant about presenting themselves through this language in this lexicon and there's other people who prefer to be much more uh, fluid or much more more um non non definitive about about their their sexuality and about their life and how they show up and i think where i land with this is purely um that when someone is exploring themselves and exploring their reality and who they are and how they show up in their reality it's really really important that when they share that with you as their friend and as their safety net, that you validate that and you see that as as authentic and true for them. I've had a couple conversations very recently with some close friends of mine, and I, and I don't say this to disparage them, but you know, I, I was explaining to them how I'm exploring my bisexuality and I'm and I'm really coming to terms with these these elements of myself that that I had sort of put to bed a long time ago and 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 kind of regret that and a lot of their sort of stock answers were like oh well what does it matter it doesn't matter to me it doesn't matter to me who you are uh, i just love you and i know that intellectually that that sounds supportive coming from them but i think that we have to be really really careful around how we choose to um react to to someone who is who's trying to reach out to you about something as as sensitive as this because it does matter and it has to matter and it has to be validated and saying it doesn't matter is is sort of accidentally kind of dehumanizing and kind of deflating in a certain way because it doesn't really matter what terms you want to use for them or about them or about anyone what matters is the terms that they are giving to you for them you know this 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 is around questions of pronouns this is around questions of 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 labels and titles and all these things but it's just it's really important i think if someone comes to you and they want to tell you about who they are um make sure they feel seen and valid and safe in those moments because that is a deep deep vulnerability that they are offering to you 
and and um, that's an honor that I think more people sh- could stand to be a little bit more sensitive around. You know, use their words when they tell you what words they want to use, right? Even if they're not the words you want to use. Um, it's just a way to build trust and build intimacy and build connection. Um, and, and, and it's easy, right? Because they're literally telling you what words to use. So just use them, right? <laughs> because, um, you know, one way that I think we can show up for each other is just to help each other validate that pride and help build each other up. Something that I notice a lot is this, is this sort of something uh, something that i i do as well is this sort of default to cynicism and this default to deflating and we observe something and rather than trying to get ourselves up to the place where we perceive that thing we instead decide we're going to pull that thing down to where we think we are and 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 i think it's really incumbent on all of us to try and build our way upward rather than pull others downward and this is the last sort of element that uh, I've really had on my mind recently is, um, you know, a couple weeks weeks ago, I, I may have talked about this on the show or not, I don't know, but but a couple weeks ago, I was having a really, really low point and I was feeling just desperately lonely and I was feeling really isolated and I was telling myself these, these you know, these, I was stuck in this loop of, of my friends hate me, I have no friends, the friends who do know me, they all, they all just, they want nothing to do with me and that's why they're not texting and that's why we're not seeing each other and my old pattern would have been to stay trapped in that, to stay isolated, to stay locked up and to just come up with every excuse as to why I'm unlovable and why I don't deserve any kind of connection. But something just sort of flipped, whether it's through therapy or whether it's through something else. I just I decided to say, fuck that. And I was going to show up in the opposite direction. I decided that instead of expecting my friends to show up for me, I was going to start showing up for my friends. And what I wanted to do was was show them what I thought a good friend is. You know, I, I ask this question so often on the show, but in so many ways, words don't matter. It's actions. It's what you do. You know, somebody can tell you they love you. Someone can tell you that they're going to spend the rest of your life with them. And then behind their back, they can be, you know, fucking someone across the world, right? So I decided instead of waiting for my friend's to come to me I was going to come to them and I was going to reach out to them and I was going to do the things with them that I wanted them to do with me and it was a revelation because it made me really realize you know no these people don't hate you they're just bad at texting you know you are not hated you are not alone sometimes you have to be the person to reach out and sometimes you have to be the one to take that first step and it's not always going to work out. You know, this is the other element of it is that you you do these things not with the intention of reciprocity. This is not a give or take. You do these things because it feels good. And the people who respond posit- positively to them, you're going to hope that they'll see that and they'll want to do it back. And the people who, you know, and, and some people will do that and then some people won't. And that's okay. You will then have a moment of choice where you either decide to keep giving to that person and just decide that, okay, that's the relationship. You, you're the person who, who gives. Or you say, okay, we're good here and, and let's cut it off there. And that both of those things are fine. You know, you don't have to keep giving, but, but if you want these connections, you have to show up just as much as the other person may or may not. So yeah, I guess I'm working on becoming the friend that I want my friends to be, if that makes any sense. <laughs>
And like, obviously, I still fuck up all the time. I lose my energy. I forget shit. I'm fucking autistic. You know, like it just it happens. But you just work on being gentle with yourself, forgiving yourself for the fuck ups and moving on and trying again. And that's how we move things forward. It's not through these grand cathartic crisis moments. It's through incremental change every day, showing up, trying a little bit more, moving the needle just a little bit more every single day. Because then you look back from a year and you realize just how far you've come. And yeah, sure, you've got a lot longer to go, but that's okay because that's what being alive is. Anyway, listen, uh, that is my rant for the week. I feel like I, I have I've bounced around about 900 different subjects that have all just been clamoring to get out of me. Uh, hopefully this hasn't been just a complete snooze fest. Uh, hopefully you, you, you got something useful or productive out of it. And if you didn't, oh, well, on to the next one, right? <laughs> Thank you so much for listening through to the whole episode. I really do appreciate it. Uh, if you are listening to this when the episode comes out, why not send me a little message? Wish me a happy birthday. Hey, hey, come on, be nice. <laughs> Otherwise, uh, just remember to please uh, rate and review the show that helps grow the audience so much for the old visibilities and all those kinds of things. I will be back next week with a brand new interview with a very special guest. Um, I also have like a couple projects that are coming down the pipeline that are really close to done. Uh, my new collection of poems, Cabin Rules, is uh, being edited as we speak and uh, is uh, I basically have to make a judgment call pretty quick of whether or not I'm going to just uh, self-publish again or if I'm going to start submitting it. I'm not totally sure, but we will decide when the time comes. Um, there's also lots of other fun stuff coming down and um, I want to share it all, but I inevitably, you know, only follow through with like a third of the project. So I feel like I should probably keep that a little closer to my chest uh, just so I don't embarrass myself as usual. <laughs> anyway, thank you so much once more for listening to the show. I hope you have a wonderful week and I hope to catch you back here again soon with another fun filled episode of Friend List. But as always... I'm not going to worry about that, and neither should you, because that is then, and this is now. So for now, all I'll say is I love you one more time, and I wish you well. Fun and safety, sweeties. <laughs> <laughs>